Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I want to talk all things relationships. And I don't mean men and women. Well, I guess in some ways I do, but I don't mean in the dating way or with your husband or girlfriends or whatnot. I want to talk all about relationships on a construction project. And now I know I have lots of homeowners listening as well as designers listening. And so I want to talk about all of these different types of relationships because they really are critical to build and maintain throughout a project. And again, I've heard people say, well, Renee, I'm not sure this applies to me because I'm just doing a small project. It might take three weeks. Well, that may seem small in the scale and scope of things, but the relationships that are built and maintained even for three weeks are a critical component to a successful project. And so if they're completed, then I guess you could say that that was successful. But when I say success or successful in these episodes, I'm really going at that secondary level. I assume your project will be completed. Now, of course, we don't know when and especially these days how long it will take to complete them. But for me, that's a baseline assumption that your project will be completed. So when I use the term success or successful, I mean on that secondary level of how you feel about the project, that you feel that you have been successful, not only in accomplishing your dreams and hopes, not only in the design of the entire project, but also how you felt about running the project. How smooth was it? Were you in control? Did you feel that you were collaborative? These are the things I mean when I say success and successful because they are truly important for a number of reasons. One, you're going through the entire project. You should feel successful. Two, you're paying for it if you're a homeowner, and therefore, don't you want that feeling as well? And then three, you're more likely to take on another project, and that truly is my goal, to not have you fear or loathe construction projects because they were just so awful to go through on your own. And that is where the term success and successful really come into play. And my root definition of them is in that framework and not simply your job was completed because I guess, yes, that would be a successful project. But that's really not what I'm talking about on these episodes. I want you to feel successful, and I assume your project will get completed. So given that definition, relationships are critical to your success and a successful completion of your project, not only in building them, but maintaining them, even if you're only on a three-week project. There are still relationships in those projects. So if you're a homeowner and you have chosen to work with an interior designer, there's one 
relationship. But beyond the interior designer, you will have contractors. And while you have that interior designer on your team to run the project, you still will have constant interaction with the contractors because one, you're the homeowner, you are likely living through it, and two, you're paying for it. So you are the client. So you will have multiple relationships to build and maintain throughout your project. Now, if you're running your job on your own, then it's a homeowner and the contractor and all the subs. So you still have to build and maintain the relationships with a number of different people with a number of different personalities. So how do you do that? Well, again, I know I sound like a broken record, but building the team that's right for you at the right time is the first step in these relationships. Now you know, I'm going to go back to the basics on this. You're going to collect a few names of interior designers if you're going to hire an interior designer. That would be your first step. And if you're managing the project on your own, you're going to gather a list of contractors to interview. These will be the same steps. You are looking for someone that really matches you in both personality and style. You want to interview them in person if possible. And I know pandemic is changing things up a little bit, but if you can't meet in person, then do a Zoom call so that you can see the person. You can really get a vibe for someone and how they're going to interact with you. And if you get a weird feeling, then they're not your person. And I've said that before, and I want to empower you to act on that, which again is why you will have at least five people to talk to. Now, interior designers, that might be a harder number to achieve because not all interior designers manage construction projects, but they are out there. And I want you to get as many on your list as possible. So what does it mean to build a relationship with an interior designer and or a contractor? So I just said, you want to establish that it's someone that you get a good feeling from. I know that sounds woo-woo and I understand that, but you have to start somewhere. And women are really good at listening to their gut feeling. So I know you're listening going, I don't know if I can do this, Renee, but I also know you can. And you do it every day. When you interact with someone, you immediately know if you click with them. That's the initial reaction I'm looking for from you. And you know me, it's all about experience and referrals. But you must have that initial good feeling about someone, whether it's an interior designer or a contractor. And after that, that's when you go into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you're confused about what those nuts and bolts should be, I have resources on my website. The pre-renovation checklist is free. It just simply lists down things you should be reviewing with your contractor and or interior designer. It really can apply to both. And if you want a deeper dive, there is my construction management workbook that takes a deeper dive into all things you need to consider when interviewing. So once you establish, I like this person, I'm hiring this person, then what do you do? Well, you need to build the relationship. And, and I've said in the past, it's an important relationship because often you are living in the home. These people are coming into your home every day if they're a contractor or let's say weekly or more than weekly if it's an interior designer. You want to feel comfortable. Because I have had situations where homeowners are not comfortable with the guys coming into their home. And that is just a 
terrible feeling. I mean, truly terrible feeling where the client has told me, oh, I leave as soon as they let them in, Renee, because I just, I don't know. I don't really like that guy. And I think, oh my gosh, well then let's get that guy off your project. And you know, if it's a sub and it's one of the electricians, ask for the other electrician. Try out different guys if the group is large enough to have more than one technician. But these relationships are important. And I don't mean you're going to go out and have dinner with these people. And trust me, I really don't mean that because I have seen clients go over that line and become too friendly with contractors. And I've spoken about that in the past and the negative results that can come from it. I mean, you want to treat them in a friendly manner. Like, good morning, John. How was your weekend? What are we working on today? You know, that kind of rapport builds a relationship. And even if your project is going to be three weeks long, it's still an important component to a successful project. You want John to feel comfortable walking on your job site because he's going to bring his A game. He's going to want to help that job move along faster and smoother because, quite frankly, he likes you. He wants to help you. And the same in reverse. If John is friendly with you, you're going to feel more comfortable having John wandering around your house all day long. The same goes with an interior designer. You have hired that interior designer to help you. I have heard too many stories about how clients are very reserved with their interior designer. They don't really know what to do. I've heard of people being kind of intimidated by their role. They're not even really sure what their role is. Well, talk to your interior designer. Tell them that. The more open and upfront and honest you can be with an interior designer running your project for you, the smoother this project will run. Because while interior designers are pretty good at reading situations and kind of reading between the lines, we can't read your minds. So if something is feeling weird or you're just not sure what you're supposed to do because you have an interior designer, speak up. Let that interior designer know. They'll likely completely understand where you're coming through and give you some ideas. Hey, what would be really helpful in your role would be X, Y, and Z. You know, have that form of communication. Know that you are collaborating with your interior designer and know that that's more successful when you both understand your roles. So if you're working directly with the contractor, same thing. Remember, you are no longer the client. You have elevated yourself to a team member. This can be even more intimidating because the buck stops with you. And so you need to be honest and tell the contractor, hey, this is my first time. I am doing what I can behind the scenes to learn about what I need to be doing to support you and collaborate with you. But please fill me in if there's some missing pieces or if there is things I can support you in that I don't even know about, right? Why would you know about this? We've talked about this before. If this is your first project, why on earth would you know all of the various components that go into a construction project? And please do not rely on HGTV to fill in those voids because you will be missing even more pieces. So these are the things that build and maintain a relationship. I don't know a single contractor that wouldn't actually feel relieved to hear a client say, hey, this is new for me. I want to be guided by you so I can be more collaborative in response, right? That would be an ideal situation for any contractor. So there is a win-win all around if you can build and maintain these relationships. Now, if you are confused about the steps, again, there are resources on my website, and then there's my signature course, Only Girl on the Job Site, that takes you step-by-step through an entire 
renovation project in self-paced modules. There's over 20 lessons, videos, downloads. There is just so much information out there because my goal is to make you as successful as possible on your own renovation project. So please take the time, make the effort to build and maintain the relationships on your construction projects, whether you have hired an interior designer or whether you're going it alone and managing the project directly with the contractor. These are really important steps that I promise are super important to make this a successful project for everyone, but most importantly for you, the paying client. Now, if you're an interior designer listening, you also have relationships and a responsibility to build and maintain throughout a project. Goes without saying, you need to go through the same process a client does in reverse. So when you've received a phone call from someone looking for your services, it's incumbent upon you to get that feeling. Can I work with this person? Is this someone I'm gonna get along with? If there's any red flags in that initial call, It is your job to say no, because you won't be helping that homeowner in the long run if it's just a bad fit. And we all know this to be true. So please don't take the job because you need it. Take the job because it's a good one. It's a good fit for you. You get along with the client. Because if you don't get a good feeling in day one, I can promise you that in day 50 or hell, even three weeks into a project, this project will be something that you don't look forward to, or God forbid, downright dread. And that is not what a homeowner and client wants their interior designer to feel. Please hear me. I know it is tempting. If your pipeline is slim, I know it's tempting to take every project that comes across your desk, but it is truly important, not only to the client, but hear me, it's important to me as a fellow interior designer that you turn that job down because you are hurting the industry, quite frankly, if you take on jobs that are a bad fit for you because it will not end successfully and that will hurt the rest of us. Please hear me on this. That is the best advice I can offer for you to be successful with your clients. Now, let's assume it's a good fit. Then you need to build and maintain that relationship with the client. And what does that mean? Well, in my experience, I find communication and transparency are the keys to my success. And that means constantly communicating with your client about every little detail that you're doing. Now, does that mean you're going to be emailing a client seven times a day because the details are coming up? Well, no, of course not. But you are going to be communicating the process that you're going through, the things that you need from the client in advance, and then anything you see coming down the pike that may or may not require collaboration with the client. Now, of course, there's always going to be surprises, and then you immediately reach out to a client. But I find that if my clients know what's going on now, what's going on next, and what's going on in the future, they are more collaborative. They're thinking down the road as well. And I find it can be so wonderful to hear their thoughts. Hey, Renee, you mentioned we're going to be installing windows in four weeks. Let's go ahead. I want to talk about window treatments now. I've always wanted wood blinds, but I want to motorize. Let's hardwire that in. Let's discuss whether we can add that to the scope. These are the kinds of things if they know about in advance, you can actually discuss with your electrician in plenty of time. Hey, you know what? This homeowner now wants some motorized blinds. Can we get a line over to those windows? Maybe yes, 
Maybe no. But these are the kinds of things that can be more collaborative if the client is dialed in. Now, on the flip side, you can be pointing these things out to them. Hey, we're going to be installing Windows in week four. Let's talk about the treatments. What do you want to put in there? Do you want them motorized? If so, and you want them hardwired, then we need to start planning for that now. So these are kinds of things that you can be collaborative with your client, which ends up building a level of trust in the relationship between you and your client. And transparency, that should go without saying. You should always be transparent with your client. There is no reason that I can ever think of to keep something from your client. It just doesn't serve your client nor your project. So keep it honest, keep it upfront, even if it's bad news. And trust me, we've all been delivering really bad news this year, me included. And all I can say in an email is, I am very sorry, but this is where we are. And let's figure out where we go from here. And sure, I've had clients that are disappointed. I have been very fortunate. I have had no clients be accusatory or angry with me because in truth, there is nothing I can do to change most of the information I am sharing. And therefore, we are problem solving together. And that's because I have built relationships with my clients where we are collaborative and we trust each other. This is what's so critical. Now, assuming you have all of that established with your clients, how do you build and maintain a relationship with contractors? So in the past, I've talked about building your own teams. Those are obviously easier to have a relationship with because you have previous experience with them. Trust me, I look forward to those jobs. I just know that it's going to be a smoother job from day one. But I'm also put on projects where I've never met contractors before. Those are trickier, as we've discussed in the past. You have to immediately assess personalities and styles and likes and dislikes and all their preconceived notions about the interior design business. And trust me, it's usually a long list. And and some of it is well-earned, unfortunately, if they've worked with designers in the past who quite honestly didn't know what they were doing. So these are things that you have to kind of understand, suck it up, and go after quickly. And it's not enjoyable. It's sort of like a dating game, right? You go into a room, you see a whole bunch of guys, You immediately look for the one who might be the most friendly. You start there, or at least that's what I do. Then you move into the one who's sort of scowling at you in the corner. You think, all right, I'm going to hit him last because by then my spirits will be up. I'll feel really good and maybe I can win him over or maybe he can see me winning over the other guys. You know, that's the kind of thing that you're going to have to sort of assess in the moment and hope that you made a good choice from the get-go. And trust me, I haven't always and you just keep going, right? Your job is a team member. And so therefore, you've got to do whatever it takes to become a team member. And it isn't always easy to do, but it is worth your effort to establish yourself as a team member. And building relationships is the first step. What does that mean going forward? Well, it's obvious. If you build a relationship and maintain it with the contractors, It's going to be a successful project. They're going to be more communicative with you. They're going to help you out. If God forbid something goes wrong, I don't know, maybe you forgot something. Okay. If you've established a relationship with that contractor, he's going to say, hey, Renee, um, 
gee, I don't have this. I need this. And what can we do about it? He may have a resource that helps you out. I mean, this is a moving situation. It's a living beast, these construction projects, and things do fall through the cracks. We are human. And so you need to make sure that your team is going to support you just as much as you're going to support them. So when they screw up or there is a misstep or there is a delay, you're there to soften whatever blow you can. And maybe your greatest asset you can offer the team is to be the communicator with the client. I have seen more often than not, contractors just aren't as comfortable talking with the clients, especially when things aren't going well. And so I'll jump in. I'm really good at communicating with clients because, again, I've already established and am maintaining a really trustworthy relationship with my clients. So they'll look to me. Even when the contractor is talking out loud, they're kind of looking at me going, Renee, can you translate that? Or Renee, what does it really mean to me? Because sometimes contractors get so engrossed and down a rabbit hole in the technical aspect of what they may or may not be having an issue with. And the client is just sort of overwhelmed and not even sure what on earth, if they're even speaking English, what they're talking about. And that's where I come in. And that's where contractors will lean on me. And with new teams, they're often thrilled and quite frankly, surprised that I'm not throwing them under the bus because something went wrong. I mean, what purpose would that serve on the construction project? I just don't believe in that. And I have had contractors pull me aside later and say, hey, Thanks for backing me up. And I say, of course, we're on a team together. We are successful as a team. So it behooves me to help support the rest of the members on my team. It just goes without saying. And trust me, when that is established with your team, they do the same for you. Because I promise you, I have been a part of teams where if I wasn't in the room, I was under the bus. And contractors love to throw the interior designer under the bus, blame them for everything. God's honest truth. And I often will tell a client that. And one client did report back to me. She said, you're right, Renee. If you're not at a meeting, then they find a way of pointing the finger at you. And she goes, I think it's kind of funny. I'm glad you told me in advance because I keep an eye out for it. I mean, these are real life situations that I have personally gone through. So building and maintaining a relationship with your contractor is critical. And now homeowners, I know you've been listening along and I hope you're learning from this. It's not an easy job that interior designers do because we are often put in a brand new situation with every project. And so I hope you get a broader perspective of how an interior designer works with contractors, how contractors work with interior designers, and how sometimes it doesn't work very smoothly. But this is where episodes like this can come into play to support, to give ideas, to really highlight the importance of building and maintaining these relationships. Because I have heard some designers say, you know what, Renee, screw it. This team is so awful to me. I'm just going to grin and bear it until the end. That is not going to work out well for the interior designer, the client that they are representing, nor the project. It simply doesn't work that way. Everyone loses in scenarios like that. They are much better off trying to untie the knot of whatever happened or whatever is happening than they are to just grin and bear it. Because projects, especially now, can just drag on and on and on. And that is not a recipe for success on any project, let alone on a construction project. 
And so for interior designers who are new to construction, and I know there are a lot of you listening that are either new, have been doing a few, or want to add in this service to clients, that is why the Only Girl on the Job Site Designer Edition course was built, because you all came to me asking all of these questions. And so the signature course walks you through how to manage a typical project in bite-sized lessons that are self-paced. But then I added in additional content specifically for interior designers that dives even deeper into how to build these relationships, why it's important, how to work with clients, even when it's a difficult situation. There is just so much content inside that course that I highly recommend that you go on my website and check out the details. Email me if you have additional questions. So to recap, If you are a homeowner listening and you want to hire an interior designer to help you manage a construction project, or if you are going to manage it yourself directly with the contractors, please focus on building and maintaining a relationship. And honestly, if you are halfway through a project and things are feeling a little hinky, go back, try to untie the knot of wherever you are and reestablish a trusting relationship with either your interior designer and or your contractor. It is possible to start on a fresh page before it's too late, before your project ends with kind of a sour taste in your mouth. It is not what I want you to experience and why this podcast started and why the content on my website is so critical to help you avoid that same situation. And for interior designers, you do have a lot of relationships to build and maintain, not only with all of the contractors on your project, but with your client. And these are critical to get right and to keep right. And now I know some of them go off path. You can pull them back on the path, but you really need to work on them. It's not just about designing a project and maintaining the schedule. It is about building and maintaining the relationships of the contracting team that you are a part of, as well as the client. And I hope after this episode, you will understand why they're so important and how to go about it in a successful manner. So as we close out 2021, I really want you to take a moment. If you're on a project, how is it going? How could I improve it? And if you're starting a project in 2022, How can I build and maintain the most successful relationships on my projects for both homeowners and interior designers? And please make a promise to yourself if you see any red flags, even if you can't explain the red flags in the initial interviewing process, just say no. Please don't hire that interior designer if you're a homeowner. I don't care how highly recommended they came to you. If it's not a good fit for you, it's not a good fit for your project. And interior designers, please don't take whatever comes across your desk as tempting as that may be. I promise you it will not end successfully and in the long run could hurt your pipeline as opposed to filling it. Now, as far as you women working with contractors, I'm going to lump homeowners and interior designers together because we're all the only women on the job site. And so it is challenging. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It can be very challenging to build and maintain relationships with the contractors, but it is a critical component to your success and one that should take precedent in your project. And it is possible I promise it actually makes it really enjoyable to be on a project or to be living through a project. It makes it so much more tolerable. It's something I really want each and every one of you to experience. 
So if this leaves you with more questions and answers, you can always reach out to me through email or social media. I am happy to dive into any specifics you're working on on your projects. And as always, there's tons of resources on my website that you can learn from and develop your skills on managing your own renovation projects like a pro. Thank you again for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.